Welcome to episode 72 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Dallas loses again yesterday. Is Jason Garrett done in Big D? I'm going to give you five coaches I want to see replace Jason Garrett in Dallas. 49ers, that defense stepped up and stifled Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Got some NBA topics. Topics on topics, takes on takes here on episode 72 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. Last episode I asked, is Luka Doncic a top five player? Michael Stimple said, Luka is the answer. He's in a league all of his own, and he's only 20. Only player that's close is Giannis. And then light that baby up, said easy top five. I hope he keeps it up all season long. We've got lots to get into. Jam-packed show for you guys today. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Baby, baby. Let's get it on. And you know we're going to start with them Cowboys. They lose to the Patriots 13-9. The Patriots have now won 21 consecutive home games. It's unfortunate for this Cowboys defense. This Cowboys defense came to play. They held Tom Brady 17 for 37, 190 yards, one touchdown. At one point, he was 2 for 5 for 15 yards with a touchdown and an 87.5 quarterback rating in the first half. Tom Brady looks 22. The Cowboys had him playing like he was 42 yesterday. That defense deserved to win that game. But then it came down to a horrendous and absolutely atrocious tripping call by the referees. And those refs be tripping. That was ridiculous. You've had seven tripping penalties called all year. Yesterday, there was two in one game. There hasn't been two tripping penalties called in one game since 2015. So, look, it was the most anticipated game of the weekend, one of the most anticipated games of the year, and that's how we're ending it on a phantom tripping call. It was almost like the refs huddled up and they were like, hey, the Patriots might actually lose a game at home. We've got to call something. But before that, the Cowboys could have already won this game. The Cowboys, six times during the game, they had a third and three. They passed it all six times. Ezekiel Elliott yesterday averaging four yards per carry. You do the math. You run the football. You have this power offensive line that's one of, if not the best offensive lines in the NFL, and you're throwing it in that situation. Games where the Cowboys should pass, they run. Games where the Cowboys should run, they pass. This scheme, this offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, sometimes the schemes are just not there. And I think, look, you go for it in that situation. Fourth and seven, the Patriots' 11-yard line, just go for it. Here's Jason Garrett after the game. Yeah, again, the conditions were a factor, and, and they were kicking it shorter, and they were hard balls to catch. And uh, in each of those situations, when they did kick it short, you know, one time we fumbled it, one time, you know, we just didn't handle it. So the wind and the, and the weather was a factor. And, uh, again, we didn't handle the ball quite well enough in those situations and didn't put ourselves in favorable enough. Yeah, cer- certainly a challenge. It was a challenge for both offenses today. And, uh, again, I thought the defenses played well. It was that kind of a game, cold, rainy, 
uh, tough conditions to handle the football. So you just have to keep banging away and try to give yourself an opportunity to win the ball game at the end. Now, Jason Garrett, are you a weatherman or are you a football coach? Because you spent the post game talking about weather conditions and excuses and blah, blah, blah. Look, excuses are like farts. They stink. And the reality was yesterday, you got out-schemed, you got out-coached once again, and now the Cowboys 0-4 against playoff teams this season. Only other teams that have that same record, teams like the Cardinals, Broncos, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So that is the company they keep, and that's not where Jerry Jones wants to be. Jerry Jones, he did not mince words after the game. Well, again, I'm, I don't... Uh... I think I really think it speaks for himself. I think we just look at uh, what happened on special teams and how they, how they. Uh, uh, I think you're going to get out coach when you come to uh, the, during this era when you come into uh, uh, New England. I do. I think you are, and uh, I give him his. Uh, uh, not do there, but it's just what you're dealing with. But my point is, don't get yourself in a spot to where you have to come up here and beat him. The staff, him, they're bringing it with what they've got right now. Accumulation of what they're supposed to have gotten after 10 years and what they're bringing to the table with all their education, experience, and everything. They're bringing it right out here right now. And we played uh, one of the best, and we're playing a lot of experience out there today, and we came up short. That's frustrating. And it looks like Jerry Jones finally knows what we've all known for the longest time. You've got to fire Jason Garrett. If you watched the broadcast yesterday, Troy Aikman was basically saying, hey, you've got to fire this guy. And it makes sense. I was looking at old footage of Troy Aikman talking about coaching. It almost seems like he was talking about Jason Garrett. Being a guy who's got to run down everybody's damn throat all the time. Why don't we have a coach who gets over there and does something about it. Instead, we want to go over and pat everybody on the ass, and they haven't done a job all night. Guys out there off, and nobody says anything about it. we got a head coach who won't say anything about it. we got coaches offensively who won't do anything about it. I mean, enough's enough. Aikman, fiery on the sideline, and tell me that didn't sound like someone describing Jason Garrett. He doesn't have that fire, his players aren't afraid of him, and it's time to go. What must be done eventually should be done immediately, and Jerry Jones, you got to be aggressive on this one. You have to come out like Vince McMahon on this one. Yes! Maybe Jason Garrett can go coaching the XFL. Looks like he's too nice of a guy, and apparently he's going to be coaching the Giants if he gets fired from the Cowboys. But here's my five coaches. Five coaches I want to see replace Jason Garrett. Starting at number five, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, a former running back. He can get the most out of Ezekiel Elliott. Then number four, I got Dan Campbell, the offensive coordinator of the Saints. We all know that Jerry Jones wanted Sean Payton, so you can't get him. He just signed that extension, so why not take his understudy? He's a former Dallas Cowboy. He's a former Super Bowl winner, had coaching experience, had an interim job with the Miami Dolphins at number four. At number three... I've got Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, he said how much he loved the Dallas job, how big of a job it was. Urban Meyer, all he does is win wherever he goes. It's a big job. He's a big name. And number two, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is a perfect head coach for Dallas. He has the offense down. Look what he did with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Look how Dallas loves 
former Oklahoma head coaches like Barry Switzer. You know that Jerry Jones loves Lincoln Riley. I have him as the number two candidate. And then my number one coaching candidate that I want to see replace Jason Garrett. I don't think you guys are ready for this one. Are you guys ready for this one? Tony Romo. I want to see Tony Romo as the next Cowboys head coach. If you watch him broadcast, he knows the play before the ball is snapped. So, hey, you got that advantage. And then, two, look at him as a player. Yes, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yes, he could probably gotten more out of his career. But it was really derailed by injuries. You know he has that football acumen. He's got the mind. He's the splashy hire. He's getting $4 million a year from CBS, you offer him $10 million. You pay him what the Raiders paid John Gruden, and Tony Romo could be your next head coach. I want to see Romo in Big D. Jerry, that is the move. Get it done. And the other big game of the day was the Packers and the 49ers, the NFC showdown at the Big Bell Bottom in Santa Clara, and the 49ers took care of business. They dominated the Packers, the gold rush, the red and gold standard on I defense. They made Aaron Rodgers look pedestrian. They held Aaron Rodgers, a guy who I've told you is the most talented quarterback of all time. They held him to 104 yards passing. That was the fewest yards he's thrown for with at least 30 pass attempts in a game in his career. The only quarterback this year with less passing yards on 30-plus pass attempts was Sam Darnold, and that was the seeing-ghost game against the Patriots. This 49ers defense is special. You got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. You have playmakers at all levels from the line to the linebackers to the secondary. And last night, the 49ers, they answered the bell again. The question is, is this a good defense, a great defense, or a Super Bowl winning defense. And to me, after last night, it's clear this is a Super Bowl winning defense. Look, the 49ers looked like they had 49 men on the field last night because there was nowhere for Aaron Rodgers to go. He had check downs, really nothing downfield. And last night, they held Aaron Rodgers, like I said, 104 yards on 22 for 33 passing. That's just 3.2 yards per attempt, the fewest in any of his career starts. So he'd only been held under four yards per attempt once in his career, and it was in 2015 against, wait for it, the Denver Broncos, who went on to go win the Super Bowl. So the last time you had a defense this dominant, they won the Super Bowl. So that's a great omen for the 49ers. This team is locked in. Yes, they've got a tough schedule coming up. You got the Saints. They have to go to Seattle. But if I had to pick between the 10-1 49ers versus the 10-1 New England Patriots after both games, I watched both games yesterday, every minute of each game, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Here's them and Kyle Shanahan in the locker room after the game. 2.8 yards of play for them. We had 7.5. All right. We talk about like, and one thing that was cool, you can see, regardless of the result, but like there was no hesitation on anyone. You, we talked about making everyone feel us. It, we, we know we're at a big time right now. All right. We answered that. We got another big test this week. All right. I did not plan on this at all. At all. But I had time to think about it a little bit. All right. I had time to think about it a little bit. Yeah, you guys got Victory Monday. And then, of course, you got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Jesus yesterday, 
14 of 20, 253 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then the game, look, the Packers, they had a little momentum. They scored a touchdown, two-point conversion. What did Jimmy Garoppolo do? How did he answer the bell? Well, he hits George Kittle on a 61-yard touchdown. That iced it, made it impossible for the Packers to get back in the game. And Jimmy Garoppolo, all this man does is win football games. People don't think that he's a superstar. People think that, hey, maybe he's a game manager, that we haven't seen enough from Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he just continues to show that he can execute Kyle Shanahan's offense. Here's Jimmy Garoppolo after the game. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's anything crazy. I, I just try to be myself. You know, um, I think guys respect that. They're going to see through you if, you if you try to be fake and stuff like that. So it's just um, we have a great group of guys, especially, you know, it's just um, from top to bottom. I mean, it's a great group of guys to be with, and I wouldn't want to be with anyone else. So it's time to start putting some respect on Jimmy Garoppolo's name. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be mentioned with the elite quarterbacks in the NFL because what you do is you win. Winners win, and that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing yesterday. Like I said, that clutch 61-yard pass to George Kittle, and they have a stable of running backs with Tevin Coleman, Brieta. This team can run the football. This team can pass the football. He doesn't have an elite wide receiver, and he's making it happen for this 49er team. So I'm a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, and so is Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, really the leader of this team, talked about him after the game. It's incredibly important. He's the leader of the team. You know, quarterback is the leader of this team. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is our leader, and we will follow him into the, to, to the darkest of dark. We'll follow him into a dark alley, and I guarantee you, you won't touch him. Um, because you got guys that he goes to battle and to fight for us every day, and we have we have an obligation to go to battle and to fight for him. And you hear, you hear some of the noise and things said about him, and it's frustrating because we see him every day. We see what kind of work ethic he puts in, the hours that he puts in preparing, the first one in, the last one out. The guy looks for no credit. He, all he does is encourage his teammates and put more work in. And then you have so I'm with Richard Sherman. I'm with Richard Sherman. Let's stop making excuses for why Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. He's a perfect quarterback for San Francisco. The Niners, they got a tough stretch, but I'm a big believer in San Francisco right now. Now I'd take them over the Patriots. And next, we're going to talk about LaMelo Ball, who continues to ball out down under. Ballin. His latest performance, probably his best one yet. He puts up a 32-11-13 triple-double as his Hawks win in overtime, and he becomes the youngest player in NBL history, not NBA, NBL history, to hit that triple-double. And we've got a kid who is growing before our eyes. And I would say I was surprised, but if you've listened to the Get More Sports podcast, you you know that I've been a strong supporter of LaMelo Ball. I said that he should be the number one pick months ago. Now everyone is jumping on that bandwagon. I said that he should be the third Splash Brother, that he should carry on the Splash Brothers tradition with the Warriors. 
And according to Anthony Slater of The Athletic, GM Bob Myers of the Warriors is headed down to Australia to extensively scout LaMelo Ball. He's also going to be there to see RJ Hampton, but you know it's all about LaMelo Ball for the Warriors and Bob Myers. And I'm telling you, I used to cover UCLA recruiting when Melo was a UCLA commit under Steve Alford, and I've seen him when he was 13 years old, 14 years old. This guy was always in Poly Pavilion working on his game, making shots, and I always have been telling people that is the difference between him and Lonzo. Lonzo, a more gifted passer, a more instinctive passer. But what LaMelo Ball can do is he can score the basketball. This is a guy not afraid to take a big shot, and you've seen him in Australia. He's just balling out of control, and LaVar is always, he's always gassed up his boys, right? He's always talked crazy. You know LaVar Ball's out of his mind, but one thing you have to say he was right about is that he said LaMelo Ball was always going to be the best ball brother. Melo, I sing yeah. a lot. Yeah. Is, is that, that make it, is, hey, hey, I'll take in the long run, he'd be the coldest one because the mind be super strong. Melo doing whatever he can do. Got people coming on the outside and mind strong. I get on him on purpose just to see if he gonna break. That foot won't break. He's 15. Imagine him doing 16, 17. His mind game be so strong. People don't understand what I'm getting him ready for. It ain't for the next day. It's for the overall treatment. Everything's gonna sit in him where nothing bother him at all. So maybe LeVar Ball isn't as crazy as we think he is. Yes, John Weissman of Memphis, that's a solid prospect. Yes, Cole Anthony of North Carolina could be an all-star one day. But LaMelo Ball, you draft him, you're getting everything. You're getting a potential superstar, a guy that when he goes in his bag, this guy has everything. He has the passing, the three-point shooting, driving to the cup. This guy can dunk, get rebounds. He has that competitive fire that you see with Luka Doncic. So Luka Doncic, what did he do? He went to Real Madrid, played pro at the age of 16. Now he leads the entire NBA in overall PER. Right now, Luka Doncic, he has 33.1. That's his PER, and he's a top five player and an MVP candidate. So if LaMelo Ball comes in this league and turns into a superstar, I think these college guys need to think about, hey, forget the NCAA. I'm going overseas. I'm becoming a pro because it worked out for Luka Doncic, and right now it appears that it's working out for LaMelo Ball. He's having big games, big nights in Australia. Here's him after the game. Shots up. Just another game, man. <laughs> what, what about, uh, talk us through the end of regulation. You're down three. You haven't shot the ball well since you've been here from three, but you're in the gym at two o'clock this morning getting up jump shots. What's going through your mind as you splash that one from deep? Pretty much I just believe myself and my confidence level is just real high. So every shot I take, I feel like it's going in. So, yeah. How much have you improved since you've been here? I've been watching these LaMelo Ball Australian broadcasts. These guys get me so hyped. LaMelo with the rise is shot three. I love it, man. They got me going. But, hey, I don't care who's getting the number one pick. If it's the Warriors, if it's the Knicks, if it's the Hawks, the Pistons, I don't care because you're going to have a ball if you pick Melo. Before we wrap here today, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Tonight, you got LaMarvelous Lamar Jackson going up against the Rams. He's got 781 rushing yards on the year. Which quarterback has the most rushing yards for a single season? 
that would be Michael Vick. He accomplished that in 2006, rushed for 1,039 yards, became the first quarterback to rush for over 1,000 yards. Lamar Jackson, 781. I got the Ravens tonight over the Rams, but that is going to do it for episode 72 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCann. You can follow me at dmac underscore la that's at dmac underscore la don't forget to subscribe rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days and be sure to head over to youtube subscribe to that new youtube channel hit that notification button and most importantly i want all of your takes you saw i read them off in the beginning here so give me your takes i'm reading them off in the intro so give me your takes have a great rest of your day see you guys wednesday and i'm out